0: Good morning, everyone. So good to see you. So glad that you could join us today. Uh, It's good to see some extended family here and new friends. We're really thankful that you could be here on this holiday weekend. We're glad you're here. And kids, it's fun having you in the service here today. And we're excited for our uh, uh, Sunday Kids Camp kickoff, fall kickoff next week, as well as nursery. So there are uh, kids bulletins in the back. If you need one of those, feel free to grab one of those as well as some colors for for drawing and writing, too. So uh, let me just set the table for the next couple Sundays, this week and next week. Next week is what we call Vision Sunday. It used to be called Rally Sunday. I think we're on year three of calling it Vision Sunday, and it's starting to take hold. I think it might take a decade for us to, to, to change that language. But the idea of Vision Sunday is that we gather together to say what vision has God given to us for ourselves individually for our church and where is he leading us in the school year ahead it's a time to look at our our mission statement what's most important to us and to consecrate this year to God and so today I want to sort of set the table to talk a little bit about that by talking about the values that we have our vision and our values this is not really a sermon today it's more of a it's more of a talk uh, it's more of a conversation where you don't have any lines, uh, but I think of it as a conversation. Um, as an opportunity for us to take a look at some of those values together and to go, God, where are you calling us? What are you leading us to in the year ahead? And my hope and prayer as we walk to communion later on in the service is that you have a sense of God leading you towards some of those questions. Where are What vision have you given to me? What values have you placed upon me in this season of life? So if you're able, would you stand for the reading of Scripture this morning? I know we've been in uh, Nehemiah this summer, for those of you who are joining us today, and I know that our Scripture readings have been really, 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 really long all summer. This is a short one. Um, So I'm going to invite you to just close your eyes, if you would. Take a deep breath. Let these words wash over you. I'm going to read them slowly. Hear God's word from Colossians 1, 18. Christ is the head of the body. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he might come to have first place in everything. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You can be seated. Uh, Last week we had an awesome celebration baptism Sunday here where five of our own uh, were newly baptized and hundreds of others came into the portable hot tub that we have that serves as our baptismal pool to remember their baptism. It was just a beautiful service and we talked about identity last week. Identity. We talked about baptism as one of these identity markers, a sacrament that reminds us that we are assuming Jesus and our lifelong pursuit of following him as our primary identity over and above all other entities that would fight for an outsized piece of our hearts and who we are. I challenged all of us to make a commitment to clothe ourselves in Christ, clothe ourselves in Christ daily, to commit to him, as the place where our primary identity flows from and comes from. Uh, I referenced author and teacher Rob Reimer and his paradigm that makes a lot of sense to me and resonates with me, just a little refresher. He states that he believes every Christian really wants to live out of a deep faith and a purpose in life. I think that's true. But we can't do so unless we are experiencing intimacy or nearness, closeness with Jesus. And we can't really experience intimacy or closeness with Jesus if we aren't living out of our identity in Jesus. So to reverse that, if we're clear on our identity coming from Jesus, then we can experience intimacy with Jesus, which becomes the fuel of a life of faith. But it begins with identity. That's what we talked about last week. And I want to I, was, I want to sit in that just a little bit more today. I want to expand on it. When we find our identity in Jesus and we experience intimacy with Jesus, it also changes our values. It changes our values. It changes what's most important to us. When we derive our identity from Jesus, we find that our values begin to look more and more like the values that we see on the pages of the Gospels of Jesus Christ himself. Let me give you a, a little example of of this uh, the school year has started our three kids are all in the public schools here and in, in hinsdale a couple weeks in and uh, which means that we're maybe six weeks or eight weeks away from parent-teacher conferences parent-teacher conferences i was reflecting on parent-teacher conferences uh, as i was thinking about values here today when we began in the school system, I wasn't really prepared for parent-teacher conferences. Here's how they, they tend to go. Um, and you can tell me if this is your experience, well, those of you as well, those of you who have kids in the area. You come in, you have maybe 10 or 15 minutes with the teacher, right? And they've got a folder, and it's like, OK, here's your child, here's their folder. Here's how they're doing in math. Here's an example of are writing. Here's how, you know, here's how they're, here's the metrics, let me explain this, uh, you know, the map testing and whatever, and, and let's go through this, and here's some artwork that they did any questions, right? And it's this quick sort of blitz of all this information. And Katie and I, my wife and I, when we started, when Quinn was little, um, we started saying, hey, we want to go in and do something a little different than maybe most parents do in parent-teacher conferences. And so they would kind of blitz us with all this information and I had, we had one question, just one question. And the question was, oh, thank you for this information. Our question is, is our child kind? Is our child kind? We decided, not that the academics don't matter to us, not that grades don't matter to us, not that um, you know, their level of reading or math or whatever isn't important to us. What was most important to us is, are they kind? Are they kind to their classmates? Are they kind to you as a teacher? Are they kind to the custodian? Are they kind to the crossing guard? Are they kind? That's what we wanted to ask. And it was amazing as these teachers have gone through the folder and they're going through all this stuff. When we asked that question, the amount of them that went, whoa, what? I'm not used to getting that question. My guess is that a lot of these teachers, and you can tell me, those of you who are in education, a lot of the questions are, yeah, but how are they, how are they grading out? And, and, and where do they stand in terms of their peers? And, and are we ready to go in this accelerated class? Are we ready to do this? How do we push them further? How do we get them into the college they want to get into? So far, so on and so forth. And we have high schoolers, junior highers, and, and grade schoolers. We still ask that question. Are they kind? <laughs> and almost every teacher looks at us and goes, I'm not used to getting that question. And here's the thing that came out of our values as parents, right? That came out of our values for our kids. Our values are an indicator of how much intimacy we're experiencing with Jesus and consequently where we're getting our identity from. So I want each of us this morning, as we get ready for Vision Sunday next week, and I sort of lay out the vision for where we're headed, I want each of us to consider this for ourselves, for our own lives, for our families, What's most important to us? What do we value? What kind of value are, values are we projecting to the world around us? Now, there's always a risk to this kind of exercise. It can become pretty individualistic. We can sort of form values that we think that God might have for us, right, around our concepts of him. And that's why it's good for us to turn to our text. I know I said it wasn't really a sermon today, but I am going to do a little bit of textual work. Colossians 1, Paul states that Jesus is the head of the body. The body is a, is, a, is a common sort of analogy or image that's used to talk about the church as the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. So the church, this, this gathering of people here, Paul is saying that Jesus is the head of our gathering here. Head is actually kind of an unfortunate translation. The, a better actual term uh, or way to translate that original word is source. Think about a river. Where the source of where that river comes. Is it spring-fed? Does it come out of a tributary? What's the source that's feeding that, right? In other words, Jesus is the source of our identity, not only as individuals, and not even primarily as individuals, but for as a church as well, as a gathering of people. So just as we are individually called to clothe ourselves in, in Christ daily, and that, and that, that stands, I, I still want that to be a call that you have today, our churches need to do that work too to make sure that our identity as a church is coming from Christ so that we can experience intimacy with Christ as a church, as a people, and that we can live out in, in, in faith the mission that he calls us to and be faithful to him. And we desire our church to always take their identity from Jesus, to experience intimacy with Jesus, and to have values that reflect Jesus So that as Paul says, what an awesome way to say it too, right? So that Jesus might come to have first place in everything. What's another way of saying that? Primary identity. That Jesus might come to have first place in everything. That's our desire. Churches, it may not surprise you to know this, churches can very easily adopt values that Jesus never intended or talked about. We can get hyper-focused on numerical growth, right? growing in number at all costs. We can get focused on image, having kind of the the newest, the best, the brightest. We can get obsessed with our power or status and culture. We can get obsessed with budgets and facilities and staffing and our social media feeds. But I I want our church to ask questions that most other people in the culture or institutions in the culture don't ask. It's not unlike sitting at those parent-teacher conferences. I wanna get down to the true values that are most important to us that speak to Jesus as the source of everything that we're doing here so that he might be first place in all things. So to do that this morning, um, I want to actually go through our core values. Now, if, if you're a visitor with us this morning or you're not normally with us, you might be like, oh, geez, we're going through this. This is actually good. This is a good thing. You're going to get a sense right in the front door of what our core values are. Some of you have been in this church for 50 years. Uh, you've grown up in this church. And maybe you go, I don't know what our core values are. Well, we've actually had a team that's been meeting for almost a year uh, called the Long-Term Strategic Planning Team. And we had a number of things that we needed to start working through uh, as a church, kind of looking out in the next three to five years. But in their wisdom, this group, before we started doing any of that work, said, well, we can't really make any of these decisions until we define what our core values are as a church. And so we spent a couple months before we'd made any other decisions uh, on long-term stuff to go, what are our core values? It's important for me to walk that through with you so you all understand what our core values are, and then I have a challenge for you all at the end of that as well. So, five core values. I'm going to walk through these. You with me? Everybody with me? Okay, I'll check after number three to see if you're still with me, okay? All right. First of all, we are an authentic community, an authentic community. I love that they chose the word authentic here. Um, If you think of the church as a family, a family does life together, and that's our desire here, too. It's very easy for us to come, to say hello, to get some, know somebody's name, and to walk out the door. But we really want to be an authentic community. That's partly why we do Prayers of the People, which Joy led this morning, and why we will continue to do that and fight to continue to make that part of our worship. Because we want our community to be an authentic one where we do life together. Where someone can raise their hand or, in, in the midst of a conversation, say, I'm really hurting over this. Or, I need prayer for this. Or I need someone to come and journey with me. Or I'm just really thankful and I want someone to share enjoy with me in this way. So it's our desire to be an authentic community. But here's the thing. Authentic communities can sometimes become insulated, right? Where it's like we know each other. We're really doing life together. But we want to be an authentic community that whether you've been here 50 years or you've been here five minutes, that you are welcomed into this authentic community uh, with open arms and said, yes, you're valued here as well. Second, our thoughts and our actions are biblically centered. We have lots of different options to go. How do I make decisions? How do we live? How do we do what we do? How do we choose the programs that we choose? But if we look into um, the history of our denomination, there's this question that our earliest founders asked. Where is it written? Where is it written? Meaning when they were deciding how to do church together, life together, care for one another, uh, fellowship with one another, they said, let's go to scripture. Let's not try and invent something new. Instead, let's rest on this this book that's been poured over by some of the greatest thinkers in the history of the world and found to be true and good. And let's, let's center all that we do, our thoughts and our actions biblically. And you'll see that in the way that we program. We're centered around God's word. Third, We commit to actively following Jesus. This is something that I've talked about a lot. We are sold so often that faith is really a positional thing. If I believe the right things, if I situate myself in the right way, and if I have my understanding of God and Jesus and the Bible and the church all good, then I'm good. But the reality is we are called to actively follow Jesus. Actively follow him, a daily opportunity to depend on, upon the Holy Spirit's leading to actively follow Jesus. Not a positional sort of sense, like I just want to stay in this good place, but a daily surrendering and following Jesus. So an active following of Jesus. All right, that's number three. Everybody with me? Still good? All right, great. This is fantastic. Four, we value a legacy of mission. A legacy of mission. You sitting in this sanctuary right now should be a reminder of the legacy of mission. The people who called Hinsdale coming to church in the 1920s during the Great Depression built this sanctuary with their own hands. There are, there are uh, records up in the archives of, of little old ladies in the church who were donating 10 cents a week for bricks. This is, a, this is a church of 60 people that built this beautiful sanctuary that could seat 150. Did they understand a legacy, and mission that extended beyond them? I think they did. And we stand on their shoulders and we go, God has planted us on the corner of 4th and Garfield on the BNSF train line for a reason. And and this church has been living out that mission for 130 years. And we continue to do so. What this means for us is we don't just make decisions based on what's good for us right now, September 2021. But we say, how do we bless future generations by our faithfulness right now? And then fifth, we act as faithful stewards. I'm, I'm constantly amazed. I mean, you can just take a moment to look around when you're driving home or walking home today. Can anybody deny that we are so blessed, right? I mean, the beautiful homes, the, the, the beautiful streets that we live on, the, the food that's available to us, we are so blessed. We have access to so many things. God has blessed us in so many ways. Truly, we are so rich in so many ways, each and every one of us. And we recognize that when God has given us so much, we are called to be stewards, of what God has given to us. Certainly our finances, yes, but also our talents and our time. These are things that God calls us to, to give faithfully, to have a generous heart towards. And we do so not simply to say that we've done something good but as a matter of our discipleship because we believe that that brings an intimacy with Jesus when we choose to be good stewards in this way. So those are our core values that we've established. Where there might be a tendency to focus on numerical growth or relevance or marketability, we want to get to the the most important values. Is this community authentic? Is everything that we're doing biblically centered? Are we rooted in scripture? Are we actively following Jesus together? Are we valuing and moving forward this legacy of mission? Do we recognize all that we're indebted to, and how we can pay that forward for future generations? And are we being faithful stewards of all that God has given to us? These are not the values that every institution in our area is going to place, but these are values that flow from this church whose identity has been rooted in Jesus for such a long time. I I share these with you this morning because... I want you to understand our vision and values. I want to set up our vision Sunday next week as I get more specific about what that means for us. But I also want to implore you to not just look at this and go, okay, values for the institution. I understand you got to do that. No, actually, we need you. We need you to live out these values in your life or else we don't have any sort of hope to live them out as a church. Because the reality is the church is not a place you go to. This building does not own these values The church is a people, the church is you, and the church is me. So I guarantee you that if we are living into these values in our own lives and in our homes, our church can't help but live into these values in our mission. The church is a people and we want our values to be reflective of Jesus. So, as we go to our offering this morning... I'm going to put up a slide for you, and this is just some questions. It's just some questions that go along with these core values that I want you to be asking yourself. I'm going to ask the band to come forward. Before we go to communion, we're going to have our time of offering. But I want to give you a few minutes to just reflect on this, for what it means for you and your family. Maybe you're a visitor with us this morning. You can take this back to your home churches. Maybe you want to write a few things down on your bulletin or take a note in your phone or take a picture of this if you want to and reflect on it later. But these are questions that help us go, how can I live these out? And maybe you just want to center in on one of these questions today. You go, five is overwhelming for me right now, but um, how can I remain biblically centered? I want to really answer that question as I head into this new season for us as a church. And as we do so, we're going to pass the plate. We're going to be reminded of being generous. There's going to be an opportunity to to sing along as well as we go to worship and prepare ourselves for the communion table. But these are the values that I believe Jesus has called us to live into as a church and as individuals. And in doing so, the upside of this, is if we take this seriously, we reflect Jesus to the people around us and the community around us. So Lord, we thank you for the values that you placed on the heart of this committee, the ways in which we have the opportunity to live into those as a church. As we pass around the offering plate today, Lord, we thank you for all that you've given to us. We return some of that to you, Lord, uh, in gratitude. And we ask that you might be forming in us values and a vision for what you have for us as a church, what you have for us as men and women. We ask these things in your name. Amen. Ushers.